In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom and Anthony today. In season and out of season, when convenient and inconvenient, to preach the Word of God. And very many times it's inconvenient, but yet the Word must go out because God wants people to be His as they surrender their lives to Jesus. I'm reading from Luke 9, verse 46. An argument arose among them as to which one of them was the greatest. Do you see why Jesus had to die? It's all about ego. Who's the greatest? I'm greater than you. I sit at his right hand. I'm greater than you. Do you see why Jesus had to die? To take the ego and break it? But Jesus, aware of their innermost thoughts, took a little child and put it by his side and said to them, Whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For the least among you is the greatest. A child did not have any worth. A child had no worth in the house until they grew up to be a certain age. So Jesus is saying to us, you have no worth, but you give yourself to me. Become like this little child. This little child has no worth. You're supposed to be arguing about who's the greatest one. Reminds me of the Mickey Mouse Club when I was kids. Who's the greatest of the land? It's very sad. Very sad. And you know what? People are still doing it. I'm the greatest. I remember the woman that she said, I'm a Baptist and she's a Catholic. And I said, oh, my Lord, my God, have mercy on us. I said, I love Baptists. I was raised with Catherine Kuhlman, a Baptist minister. Oh, and that day the Catholic received born-again experience when we went into her house. Yeah, humility is the number one thing we need in the spiritual life. Understanding that we are nothing, we deserve nothing, but everything we've been given to us is a gift from God. God created us and shaped us from the dirt of the earth, and he breathed his divine life in us. And we need to break this human way of thinking. We need to break striving for greatness on this earth. We need to just humble ourselves before the Lord. The closer we get to the light of Christ, the more our sin becomes apparent before us. When we first come to the Lord, we don't think we have much sin in us. Like St. Paul in his letters, who was one of the greatest apostles, he says, the sinner which I am the greatest, and he meant it. He, had, he was so embedded in the light of Christ that his sin was so evident before him. He could see himself as he truly was. 
but when we can see ourselves as we truly are, and that is nothing, and God owes us nothing, and we are deserving of nothing, and God is everything, and he's all goodness, then we become opened up to receive his graces. Then we can live in thanksgiving. God wants to remind you today, if you can be grateful, you can be joyful. If you can be grateful today, then you can have joy. Gratefulness and joyfulness are cousins. And when you have one, you can have the other. And they're both fruits of humility. So no, we don't want to be the best in human eyes. We just want to be the least in the kingdom of God. And we just want to be the most open for Jesus Christ's graces. Jesus, we want to be nothing of us in all of God. John the Baptist said it so well. He must increase and I must decrease. That's what John said and that's what John lived. That Jesus must increase and I must decrease. The world bestows honors on us and we know that they're not really worth very much. Honors from the world. I received a document from the Senate. I don't even know what it says. I put it in a place that doesn't mean anything to me. A document from the Senate about being a good priest and a good pastor. I want that from Jesus, not from the Senate. But you see, the world thinks that honor is something that people want. Well, I don't want it. I don't want honor. I want to know that I'm loved and saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to know that his blood washed me clean from all sin. I want to know that I have nothing that I haven't been given, that I have no right to be proud because everything I have is a gift from God. All, all gifts come from the fathers of Father of Light. Everything we have, everything we have received, it's come from heaven. We can comply with the grace of heaven, so we say we might have a college degree. Yes, but who gave us the intellect to to be able to go to college? We corresponded with God's grace, but truly everything you have, your house, your car, your children, your family, it's all a gift from God. In fact, the whole universe is a gift from God, and we're just meant to live in it in thanksgiving, in thanksgiving to the Lord. Imagine a father... Or a mother, imagine a good father and you've given your children everything. You don't want anything back from your children except love and thanksgiving. You want your children to thank you. You want your children to live in appreciation. We want to be obedient children because we have a good father in heaven. But so many times we look, we're not looking to heaven for grace. We're looking to other people. We look at these award shows, the Grammys or whatever, we saw a commercial for it. It's just men honoring men. And, you know, th this honor we receive from people, it's nothing. It's truly nothing. And in the human nature and the human will, we want to seek honor. But in the divine nature, you know, when we have God's nature, we'll grow to, hopefully, we'll want to sit in the, in the back. We'll want to be the least esteemed. Like it says in the Bible, when we when we when we become the least esteemed then god can esteem us 
You know, we want to direct everything only to the Lord. And we want to make our souls pleasing, not to man, but to God. Not to man, but to God. And God, Jesus Christ, came and he instituted the upside-down kingdom. Whoever thinks himself of the, as the least becomes the most in the eyes of God. And becomes the most open for God's graces. You know, it's just so important... We don't have to earn God's love. We don't need to strive for God's love. We need to receive God's love. And we need to comply to the grace that Jesus Christ has given you to receive his love. And we receive it by being in a state of humility. I, we want to just be humble before the Lord and have all of our all of our senses taken down. Like I said the other day in the second letter of St. Paul, he says we participate in the divine nature by overcoming the passions of the world and we have just in the human nature embedded passions to want to be the best to want to be the greatest to want to be honored to want to have the most but these passions cause suffering because when we don't get what we what we want then we then we suffer but when we live that, Jesus, I only want what you want. Jesus, what I want is what you have for me, Lord. All I want is you. I want you more than I want food. I want you more than I want money. I want you I want anything. Then Jesus can come and he can run our lives. And he can fill us with his grace and his love and his goodness. And the, and the greatest thing is, is Jesus knows. He knows exactly what you need. But when you give over your life, interior, exterior, everything to him, then he can come and he can not only be your savior, but he can be your king. He can be your father. He connects you to the father and he can just rain graces upon us, the least of which are physical and material graces. The graces of trusting you with souls, trusting you with inhabiting heaven, that Jesus, he, he exists in your soul. So Jesus wants you to reside in a state of peace and joy and love and we want to exist in the now moment. And God calls himself the eternal now. We are not our thoughts. So many pe times people are directed by their thoughts. I have a bad thought. I think I'm bad. I think I'm this. I think I'm that. No, no, no. Our life is not comprised of what we think. Our life is comprised of the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. The word of God is the truth. So when we read the word of God, when we read the promises of God, then we just start to partake in what the truth of what Jesus created us for, that you are a victor, you are a conqueror, you are more than a conqueror today, and you are chosen as a child of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Have this mind among you, which is in Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, he did not count himself equal to God, a thing to be grasped at. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, and becoming humbler still, obedient acceptance on the cross, so that one day every knee shall bow, every tongue shall profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He gave the glory up so that you might be saved. You see, he was the glory, but he emptied himself so that you might be saved. He emptied himself so that I might be saved. 
And you know, the way we the way we count is when we empty ourselves and be filled with who Jesus is. He must increase and I must decrease. I'm reading from Luke nine fifty one. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Only in Jerusalem do the prophets suffer. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive Jesus because his face was set toward Jerusalem. You see, the Samaritans worshipped on a different mountain. They did sacrifice on Mount Gezerim. The sacrifice of the Jews is on Jerusalem. So they would not accept Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. Now when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Again, you see why Jesus had to die? Jesus is gentle, peaceful, loving. They want to destroy the Samaritans because they don't receive Jesus. How sick. That's why Jesus had to die. Have this mind among you that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count himself equal to God a thing to be grasped at. So Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. He rebuked them because they had no idea who they were in Christ Jesus. Imagine wanting to kill these people because they didn't accept you. We'll throw down fire from heaven. No. Love. 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 That's what Jesus calls us to do. To love one another. To love one another. To love one another. To love the politicians we don't agree with. To love the people working at the abortion clinics. To love our enemies. That's a mark of a Christian. The devil exists in a kingdom of violence and hate. And the way we, the way you overcome the devil, the way you overcome the world, the way you convert the world is only through love. It's only through love. In the end, there's only going to be faith, hope, and love. But you, we are going to be judged on love, and love alone. First, love for Jesus, and then love for our neighbors because we love Jesus. Jesus, we just take a moment right now till we honor you, we love you, we thank you for what you did on the cross, we thank you that you came down and died, that you created us, and that you now live in us, want to work through us, and you're for us, that today we walk in victory, not because of anything we did, because of what you did. That the Father chose you out of the world, and he sent down his Son to draw you to him. That we are worthy, and we are deserving of nothing. We are entitled of nothing. The devil's very entitled, and he makes people very entitled. Here in America, because all the gifts we have, we, we are very entitled people. But the thing is, is without Jesus, I wouldn't even be able to take my next breath. Without Jesus, I would have no life. And we want to live in a state of thanksgiving. The devil tries to take away your thankfulness 
But Jesus, we thank you. When Jesus gives us something little and we thank him, he expands it because then he can trust us with it. And we thank you, Jesus, and we worship you, Jesus. And if we're going to call down fire, we'll call down the fire of your love, the fire of the Holy Spirit, which is the love, which is just the incarnate love, which is the way we know Jesus, that Jesus, he's done it all. He's done it all. And now we want to live in thanksgiving to him. And sometimes we may suffer with Jesus. And sometimes we might participate in his unexalted joy. But the thing about joy is we can always have joy. Happiness is a feeling. But joy comes from a state of well-being. That know that we know that we belong to Jesus, that we know our inheritance. So although we might not always be happy and might not always feel great, we can always be joyful because even through suffering, even through bad times, we know what Jesus has done for us. We know what is to come, not only in this life, but the life to come. So we can always be joyful when we reflect upon Jesus Jesus's promises, what Jesus did for us, and not our own problems in our own life, in our own wants and passions. When we keep our eyes focused on Jesus in the front of our mind, we can walk in joy in every situation because we can be joyful for what Jesus has given us. Joy, J-O-Y, J, Jesus, O, others. Why, you, in that order, Jesus, others, and you. You see, the world does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so many people in the church do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never experienced his glory. They never experienced his love. They never experienced his presence. And yet, that's what God wants to do for people, to give people his love, his glory, his presence. That's what God wants to do for you. You say, how? As you surrender. How do I surrender? Lord, I surrender everything to you. I surrender to your Holy Spirit. Do with me what you please. Do with me what you please. Help me not to think that I'm great. Help me to think that everything I have comes from you. Help me to be grateful because with gratefulness comes joy. With gratefulness comes joy. You are great, Lord. You are so great. We can be grateful when we meditate upon how great the Lord is. And that God created you to be joyful and happy. He didn't create you to worry about your family or our, our bills or our problems or the government. God created us to be happy and loving and peaceful and joy. And that's how we overcome and heal the world. When we walk in a state of love and peace and joy, then everything around us changes. When you walk in a room and you're carrying the manifest presence of God in you, guess what? The whole atmosphere of the room changes. Guess what? People are converted. We, you can't verbalize God to people. You need to show them. Preach the kingdom of God, but use words if necessary. Let your life reflect the kingdom of God. 
and not worry about we want to be detached about the problems of the world we want to be attached to the things of heaven because only in that way can we bring heaven upon earth only in that way can we bring heaven upon earth when we're looking up at heaven and not out at the world when we got our hearts and our minds in the word of god not our hearts and the minds of the you know of all the craziness in the world because guess what there's always going to be more problems and more craziness and it's going to get darker and darker but we don't get sucked into the darkness we look up at the light and we let heaven flood you have you let heaven flood you today have you let the holy spirit overcome you and overwhelm you today Today is the best part of being alive because where sin abounds, grace abounds more and it's proportional. So guess what? Today is for sure the day where there's most grace upon the earth. So we uh, have you asked Jesus, Lord, flood me with all your grace, flood me with all of your light, that in this dark and darkened days, my light, your light through me gets to shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter can we thank you lord that you could have put me on the earth in any time in human history but you chose right now for me to be on this earth because you have gifts that you have given me and you have ways that you want to use me and it comes with letting go of control the human nature wants to control the devil wants to control everything in this world it's we we want to control because when we feel like we're not controlling, we feel out of control. And when we don't feel in control, we feel like something bad's going to happen. But the way you overcome the world, the way you overcome the devil is you give up control. What? Yes, you give up control and you give it over to Jesus. And when you have totally given over control of yourself, then your children, then your then your finances, then every part of your life, then guess what? You get to walk in perfect peace, peace that passes all understanding because you know that Jesus is in control. Even our future isn't given to us the way we think. It's not like, because I did this, because I did this, now this is going to happen. No. God gives us our future second by second, moment by moment. And he gives us what is best for our soul. And our whole objective in the spiritual life is to just give God our fiat. Just say, okay, God, my will, not your will be done. Okay, God, not my will, but your will be done. And we just, and we just, we need a stillness within us. Perfect stillness. If you want the glory and the presence of God, we need a stillness within us. And the stillness and peace within you comes from just receiving, living in the now moment. Because if you're living in the past, you're anxious. If you're living, no, if you're living in the past, you're depressed. If you're living in the future, you're anxious. But if you're just living right now and you're just living in Thanksgiving and you're just looking around in a contemplative state saying, God, you have it all under control. I trust you. I surrender to you. And now you put me in this world and all I need to do is be thankful for you. Lord, thank you for my car. Thank you for the trees. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for this bowl of cereal. Thank you for my family, Lord. And I give it over to you. Then suddenly, heaven starts to pour into you. And you don't worry about your problems anymore because you've given them to Jesus. And you know what he does? He takes care of them all for you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else will be added unto you. 
but we are called to seek the kingdom of God and that alone. I remember a woman that I was speaking to a group of people. I was way before I was a priest and her smile was just very, very captivating. So at the end of my talk, I said, you have a beautiful smile. She said, I always didn't have it. I used to be depressed, but I told Jesus that when he delivered me from depression, I would smile and let everyone know that he's Lord. And you know what? She convinced me that day that she was born again. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Jesus Christ be praised. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.